for the Never Ending Glory podcast. It's been a very colorful conversation offline, but we are ready to talk week one of the NFL preseason and get you guys ready for your 2017 fantasy football drafts. And while we are only one week into the preseason, it's been a whirlwind so far. Uh, we've seen blockbuster trades, rookies shoot up draft boards because of one good preseason game. A top four fantasy pick gets suspended for 50% of the fantasy season. But I think probably, and Sean, you can probably attest to this, the biggest story so far that we've seen is former second-round pick kicker Roberto Aguayo, formerly of Florida State, already getting the boot from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers one year into that experiment. And personally, I don't know about you, Sean, but I cannot wait for that scene on Hard Knocks. Dude, are you serious? Like, we're not wasting time talking about a damn kicker. Come on, man. Hey, episode 64. We got Mark. We got Burris. Is 64 for the Browns, Ryan Pomperion? This is the oh Ryan Pomperion. Ryan Pomperion, hands down, my favorite mid-2000s Browns player by far. There are Browns fans that go to games now that have his jersey. Wrap your head, head around that, Luke, really, and your New England and everything. You got, you know, Adam and Brady, all these superstars. We got guys that are long snappers with their jerseys <laughs> getting worn. Think Luke, about that. Luke, Luke Lonnie, Lonnie Paxton, Lonnie. you'll see a Lonnie Paxton uh, jersey being rocked Never in Gillette every now and again. Uh, former long snapper of the three-time Super Bowl New England Patriots back in the uh, early 2000s. Doesn't That's snap that back is. as quick as Ryan did, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, well, I think people would rather, rather hear about Roberto Aguayo than the uh, mid-'90s uh, Browns long snapper. Same goes with early 2000s Patriots long snapper. So we'll get right into the fantasy football talk. But before we do that, we'll tell the people where to find us on Twitter, at Glory Podcast. On Facebook, search for us, the Never Ending Glory Podcast. We will start um, releasing more content on there in, in likes of video – or I'm sorry um, – screenshots of different mock drafts we got going on different draft strategies um, send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com if you have any draft advice or draft questions for us trade questions we're happy to answer those and of course subscribe to us on itunes like us rate us tell all your friends and subscribe to us on soundcloud as well for your listening pleasure but the biggest story here so far ladies and gentlemen has to be the ezekiel elliott six game suspension for the past year in the background uh in between zeke winning offensive rookie of the year leading the league in rushing leading the uh the cowboys to the number one seed in the nfc last season um Domestic violence issue was always playing in the background, and we finally got the band hammer down, and Ezekiel Elliott is suspended for the first six weeks of the NFL season, and of course, the Cowboys have a week six bye as well, so that means that he will not be available for your fantasy football team until week eight. So, a guy that I was considering taking early on in drafts, no longer will I be using that strategy, especially in our draft coming up, picking third overall. Sean... How does this impact Ezekiel Elliott's fantasy value moving forward the 2017 season? So I think it's important to note, and you, you haven't heard or seen this very much from, from folks either online or on television, is you have to distinguish between the size of the league. 10 and 12 team leagues, really on the 10 team league end of this, it's, it's less of an impact because you can absorb that loss and you're still focused on having to maximize point value as you get later on in the season in the playoffs. So you can bridge that a lot easier in the smaller leagues. 12 is right on the cusp. You get into leagues like ours, the 14, some of these deeper ones at 16, it's really, really problematic. Problematic to the tune of, you know, what might be back end second, third round, early third in those lighter leagues. You've got to think, you know, 14 and 16 team leagues, you just can't afford to have a punt. And if you're in the middle, you go another round before, or if you're at, you know, an end either way, you're basically committing to one of those two, not helping you for over 55% of the season. Uh, you know, assuming you play 13 games. So it, it's, it, you really have to look at it that way. I don't think from everything that I've read and, and looked into, I don't think the suspensions getting lightened, barring Goodell going to an independent arbitrator and that arbitrator deciding to actually look at the evidence. If that happens, then I think there can be a lightning. I just don't think the NFL is going to allow that to happen. They kind of, you know, made their bed. They're going to sleep in it. This is a repercussion of the Ray Rice situation. I think, you know, it's August 29th, so you're going to have to wait 
and they can go anywhere from three to ten days, I believe, from actually final ruling before the season starts. So my guess is they give the Cowboys a heads up like, hey, it's not going to happen. I think Elliott and them try and push for a stay or continuance. I don't know on what grounds, and I don't know on what court they're going to be able to do it because the Brady's set so much so much precedence. It almost has to go to the Supreme Court um, under the same precedence. So, right. So I think I it'll know. be it'll, it'll be interesting that what was different with Tom Brady's suspension, the reason why I was dragged out for so long, you know, if you remember correctly, he was supposed to be suspended for the 2015 season, but he ended up being suspended for four games in 2016 was there's no precedent before that. But now that Tom Brady and his lawyers have set the precedent saying that the NFL is the judge, jury and executioner, no matter what due to, I think article 46 in the the collective bargaining agreement, because of that, no lawyer is going to tell Zeke, Hey, you're going to win this one because there is a, a, a former law lawsuit stating that the NFL has all the power here. So, you know, I, well, I think this. a lawyer will tell him he can still win it. A lawyer trying to get paid. Well, but of course, of course. Right, right. But know, I think like, all the other handlers, I think, I think Jerry, Jerry Jones's lawyer will probably tell him that's not the case. But, you know, I, I think from a, from a fan's point of view, I think it's frustrating because um, the lack of criminal charges pressed, um, all the other things going on in the background. Obviously we don't know the whole story, but, uh, it seems like it, this is a pretty cloudy, um, little vague suspension. Uh, but the NFL felt that they had to do, you know, put the put the band down on Zeke. So uh, he'll be missing six games. One of the most popular teams in the league. One of the most popular young players in the league. A bright future star of the NFL. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. Now, Jerry, I mean, obviously with Zeke out. They're the offensive line for the Cowboys. It's a mammoth offensive line, one of the best off- offensive lines out there. Uh, according to um, FantasyPros.com, the Cowboys right. actually have the ninth easiest schedule for running backs this season. Do you think that Darren McFadden is worth like you know a fifth, sixth-round pick now that he's going to be starting for at least the seven, first seven weeks of the season? I don't think fifth and sixth round is out of the realm of possibility for Darren McFadden. Um <laughs> It depends on what you can get, which where your draft location is first. Um, for like my situation, if I, first overall, you know, I'm going to be looking at, at a Johnson or a Le- Le'Veon Bell. If I can get McFadden as my RB, you'll be looking at a Johnson, all right? Uh, you son of a! <laughs> I'll be taking. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't shy away from taking McFadden as as my RB two in that situation. Um, that being said, just to kind of touch on what Sean was going with. In my opinion, the Zeke suspension, I think, has more to do with the body of work than it does any individual situation he put himself into or any individual incident that was reported and may not actually be charged with. Like, do you agree? That's fair. I think these suspensions are going to be we, more like this. Like, if you're a guy that's got the, the kind of the background and it's well known, um, you're immediately flagged. I think it starts back in college, and I think it follows you in the in the NFL. And I think the new collective bargaining agreement does not allow us, especially since the Brady thing, for any wiggle room with this. I mean, Mark, Mark, we we I mean, we all have text. We have a text group and everything. We're obviously from Ohio. We could trade and get enough like kind of behind the scenes stuff, or what this type of guy is, or who what's this type of guy like. There's some smoke there with with the Zeke Elliott. There was his junior year uh, when he kind of popped off to the press, but even beside that, and then once he got drafted that whole summer, there was handfuls of things that were kind of kicked and, and bandied about. And then obviously this past year, I mean, pulling tops down on St. Patty's Day, some of all this other stuff, like – it's a little bit of sum of all the parts. Yeah, I think he would have fit in really well on those early '90s Cowboys teams. Let's just say that <laughs> the White House head over to the White House. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's too bad. You hope that hope that he can kind of get his shit together because he is a bright young star in the NFL, and we don't want to see him go down the path of you know uh, the, the Ray Rice's of the world, um, where all of a sudden the star burned too bright and they're dumb for the rest of their career. Um, but obviously if the guy's a prick and the guy's an asshole and he's beating women, then he doesn't deserve to be in the NFL. So um, it would be interesting to see how this all plays out. I, I think that this is going to be a pretty messy situation moving forward as we get into the fantasy season. But I think what to get from this is listen, if you're in a 14 team league, 
if you take Zeke Elliott in the first or second round, you're absolutely hamstringing yourself. You're going to be in a lot of trouble moving forward. Uh, there's only so many good running backs. And in most leagues, you have to start at least two running backs. Uh, some leagues, you can start up to three running backs with a flex. So uh, be wary of where you draft Zeke. I've seen him go right around the second round uh, in most fantasy leagues. I think because people think that maybe the suspension is going to get knocked down a few games. It, it very well could, but I just don't see that happening. Uh, but but in, in- you got to deal with what you know though, and uh, you bring up a good point on on flex too. If you've got a flex and a running back can play in there, I I think that even hinders and it's a bigger league too. I think that even maybe pushes them a round or two back further. Right. Yep. It, it's just they're going to be picked over, and unless you're going to go, you know, running back Zeke, running back. And then who the hell is going to catch passes and throw passes? Well, at least catch passes for you. You have to look at roster construction, and it gets really, really tricky. Right. But in typical NFL fashion, on a Friday, the suspension was announced. A nice, lazy summer Friday, the suspension was announced. And then right after that, the Sammy Watkins trade to the Rams and the Jordan Matthews trade to the Bills was announced. So I'm pretty sure Goodell said to to all three teams involved in those trades, Listen, we got a bombshell coming about Zeke. 30 minutes after that, announce these trades because we want to push that down well, the, they have the headlines. They have to approve them anyway, so they probably just queued it up there a little oh, bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then thought, hey, this is the perfect time to do this. Absolutely. But the first trade that was, I thought, pretty interesting was uh, Buffalo gave up former first-round pick Sammy Watkins, who they traded, a fir- they traded up for. They gave the Browns their future first-round pick. Um they traded Sammy Watkins to the Rams for a 2018 sixth-round pick and um, cornerback EJ Gaines. I'm sorry, it was Sammy Watkins and the Bills 2018 sixth-round pick to the Rams for cornerback EJ Gaines and the Rams 2018 second-round pick. So Sammy Watkins, two years in a row, coming off a foot injury. He's had two foot surgeries, um, Was has uh, one year left on his contract, and is due for a big payday. They gave up a pretty hefty amount for him. I mean, a second-round pick for a player like that, I think that means that the Rams plan on having Sammy Watkins as their number one receiver for the for the long term. Uh, and the other trade, and, and we'll, we'll discuss Sammy Watkins to the Rams, the other, the other trade was Buffalo traded cornerback Ronald Darby and a 2018 third-round pick for wide receiver Jordan Matthews. Um, I didn't love that trade as much. I felt like they gave up a lot for Jordan Matthews, who has really just been a, a solid wide receiver contributor just by default because they had nobody else in Philadelphia. But, um, you know, they, they essentially gave up Sammy Watkins in order to get Jordan Matthews, who the one thing Matthews has on Watkins is he's, he's healthy a hell of a lot more than Watkins is. So, Sean, what's your take on Watkins, on pretty much the Bills replacing Sammy Watkins with Jordan Matthews, and where do you think Sammy Watkins goes moving forward with the Rams? I think Jordan Matthews is headed for a disastrous season. He's got the chip now in his sternum. He's getting bumped to the outside. He's a slot receiver. And two guys on the team are probably better slot receivers or at least more equipped than in Zay Jones. Now, Zay Jones is going to go outside as well. But Anquan Bolden is a better slot receiver. He just has historically always been, and he's still super productive. So I think Bolden's going to you know, be in there um, on the inside, both as a, as a blocker and also kind of the short yardage uh, inside the 20s type guy. So not only does Matthews have a change, a change of scenery, new quarterback, dealing with an injury, now he's got to go to a – uh, a position that, you know, I don't know how well he's suited for that. So I, I think that's really, really problematic. I think beware of that. I just, you know, there's this all this target talk there in Buffalo, but you know, at the same token, you know, what if what if they're going to spread it out? Clay, Bolden, Zay Jones, and then obviously running back McCoy. He catches a lot of balls himself. So yeah. um, you continue to battle battle that that scene. Sammy Watkins, it's Jeff, it's Jared Goff. Um, and, you know, that that change of scenery might be nice, but to that team, that situation, um, that's going to be a real tough one to, to try and break Your down. Your offensive line is terrible. Yeah. When Mark, you watched him over. The line is terrible. That's why Todd Gurley's no good. That's why Jared Goff. Jared you Goff take that back. Well, I mean, I'm not taking it back. Todd Gurley's not very good because he has no holes to run through. He does not have a good offensive line. He's a good player, but he has no offensive line. I mean, if Todd Gurley was on the Cowboys, he'd be putting up much of the same numbers as Zeke Elliott. Okay? I mean, but he has the Rams' offensive line, which is one of the worst in the league. 
and sprinkle that on the idea that they go against the Cardinals and the Seahawks. And even San Francisco has a good D-line. So he's going against a division. That, uh, stay away from anyone on the Rams, and you'll do yourself a really good favor. That's it for that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I rode as, as as our good friend Nick and Akron would would let you guys know. I rode the Todd Gurley train last year, and uh, it was not a fun ride by any means. I believe um, the but quote I, was, "You were heavily invested in Todd Gurley this year." That's yes, that is one hundred percent true. Get that tattooed on your forehead. <laughs> I will not be making that investment this year, um, but. You know, I think moving forward, though, if they can fix that line situation in in uh, Los Angeles for the Rams, the best thing for a quarterback is a reliable receiver. But then again, is Sammy Watkins going to be reliable? Will he be on the field? So time well, to tell know if that one. The case. The, the best thing for a quarterback is to have time to throw. Look at Dak well, Prescott. No, he's not even an average quarterback, but he has an offensive line that gives him six, seven seconds to stand and deliver. So and as I just case, said, as I just said, though, seconds. you know, let that Dude, let that offensive line get a little bit. Play last year, he, it's a bull ride. Went through games that never and never got hit. Burris, he never got touched. It was forever. So, anyways, as I was saying, though, at least if that offensive line can shore up a little bit, then the best thing I think for a quarterback is a wide receiver. I mean, Kenny Brett had a thousand yards last year with the Rams. So, I'm well, not saying they were losing every game. Well, they're going to be losing every game this year too. They're not. They're still I not think very a good. Game's more important than it. Like, I mean, and calling Sammy Watkins is dynamic is not really the term, considering the guy's never healthy. He's pretty damn dynamic in the second half of the season two years ago. I understand he he hasn't been healthy last year, but he was pretty. He won a lot of championships two years ago in fantasy football. Um, but who are the who are the different players? Do you think that benefit from from these trades? Um, I think the first one has to be Zach Ertz, who is a pretty damn good PPR tight end. I think he probably creeps up into the top six, maybe even potentially top five if he can get in the end zone every now and again. He was a check down machine for Carson Wentz when Jordan Matthews was out towards the end of the year last year. Um, I think he'll continue to be that player as he can not only line up as an inline tight end, but he'll also line up in the slot a little bit here and there. And they still don't know who their slot receiver is in Philadelphia. Is it going to be Nelson Aguilar? Is it going to be Bryce Treggs, one of those guys? I'm not sure. But on the outside, obviously, it's Alshon Jeffrey and it's Torrey Smith, who I think won't be impacted too, too much from this trade. But, um, Sean, do you, who do you think either benefits or or takes a hit with this fan, with this trade in fantasy football? I mean, you covered it there. I I, I saw these trades, and I didn't think you know too terribly much of it. I, I think you know from a team perspective – I think the Eagles got better. I think Ronald Darby is, is going to be a big-time corner for them. They had some challenges there. Um, his footwork is real, real good, and he just can't seem to intercept the ball and catch the ball. But um, that, that's a plus player uh, at a, a position of premium need for them. So I thought that was a bonus. Um, but from a fantasy perspective, I mean, you hit on a couple of them. To me, it's a little bit much. The Zeke news was the big, big highlight of of the day, the and and really the preseason thus far. Yeah, Jerry, what are your thoughts on who takes a hit, who might get better? I think the guy that actually might get better is Tyrod Taylor a little bit here because now he's not forced to get the ball to Sammy Watkins as his number one guy. I feel like right now with Matthews and Zay Jones and and um, Clay and and Lashawn, the ball is spread out a little bit more, and he's still a run threat. So maybe the ball gets the I'm sorry the uh, the the looks and the targets get spread out a little bit, making them a little bit harder to defend um, and not force feeding the ball to Sammy Watkins. It's just maybe a little bit an outsider's pick. I don't think any of those guys are you know first class draft picks for as far as fantasy wise, but like. And if you're trying to shut down the Buffalo Bills offense, I think it's a little bit harder now when you just don't, you know, you're not just keying completely on Sammy Watkins. Well, and, and, and Tyrod, Tyrod, from a perspective, is basically the same fantasy player with or without Sammy Watkins. I agree. Knows he's, he's still, so a, stats, he's still a, the stats show it. I mean, right. he might be better. He might be better because the, 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 well, the word you hear from all the football guys is the best ability is availability. So Jordan Matthews, granted, he's got the, the sternum fracture right now. Um, but more more likely than Sammy Watkins, Jordan Matthews will be on the field. So if he has that quote unquote de facto number one receiver, uh, it'll be interesting. Mark, do you have anybody who you think's either going to take a hit or uh, see their value increase with these trades? I don't know. I, I I was trying to listen to podcasts the other day, and I was listening to these guys talk, and this 
this one group of dudes, I don't even know what their name is. They do fantasy football podcasts. They were these guys were talking about John Brown, John Brown, John Brown, and Tyrod Taylor. Check the stats. Tyrod Taylor. Okay. John Brown's not John Brown's a, a cardinal. <laughs> Let me, I, understand, I understand this, but let me get to the point here. John Brown's not even practicing one. And now Tyrod Taylor, what you guys are saying, you can finagle it and make it sound. He's still losing a deep threat. It's just like Deshaun Jackson. And I'm not saying Sammy Watkins is great. But what I'm saying is the fact is simple that Sammy Watkins stretches the defense. They become a nickel and dime with no one to take the top off. Mm-hmm. So the safeties can peel down. So Tyrod Taylor, if you think Tyrod Taylor is going to put up better stats, that's just wrong. At least Sammy Watkins has the threat that the safeties have to stay back on, and he is a guy that can take the top off. So in that sense, I don't want anyone on the Bills either. I don't even <laughs> want LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. I, mean, I, I agree. I, I think, I think defenses LaShawn are— McCoy's due for an injury. Right, and I think defenses are going to stack the box against LaShawn this season. Um, two—, two or three players, I guess, or a position. I think sneaky, and and this isn't something you're going to hear from Matthew Berry and ESPN, is Philly D might actually be a pretty solid top five defense this year. They were great last year. Now they finally have their number one corner in Ronald Darby. Uh, they're only going to get better. And unfortunately, I think we can finally pull the plug on the Tavon Austin experiment and any late-round PPR flyer uh hot takes about Robert Woods can kind of be doused with water now because unfortunately he went from finally being the number one target on a team to easily the number two once again, like he was in Buffalo. So um, if you're going to plan on targeting either of those wide receivers for the Rams late in drafts, hoping that they break out uh, because of the Sean McVay experience, then I, I think don't think I'm ready to go there with that. Tavon Austin yet, Luke. No, you, right. you, you, well, still hey, think, you still think the talent will. You still think the talent will show it. No, it has nothing to do with that. It just has the fact that they literally had nothing at wide receiver there. Nothing. Yeah. All right. And they're hey, going to have a guy let's, let's, let's that's pull the plug on. Do everything now. At We're least, talking about a guy that's going in the 16th round. Let's pull the plug care. on this. Let's get into actual some content here. All right. Well, so, yeah, so that's the point, though. You can't say you're giving up on him if he doesn't really have any value in the first place. In fact, I'd say the other way around. He's actually a valuable pick in the later rounds because he actually now has a receiver that can take the top off and opens up one of the underneath some of the underneath stuff up. All right, so I, 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 that's a good point. I think Tavon Austin, if and we're going to talk about Cooper Cup, the tight, uh, the rookie third round pick later on. Um, oh. But those two, those two will be we definitely <laughs> be looking at. I'll be off the show when you start talking Co- Connor Cooper that's, Cup. Oh that's my fine. God. That, that's fine. We'll, we we won't miss you. I'll tell um, you, Nelson Spruce, the same thing. Don right. by so. That. So some injuries and positional battles we got to keep an eye on in preseason because obviously those are very important. Uh, the, the first two are injuries, and there are two running backs who are going to go either late first or early second round in all forms of fantasy football. Jay Ajay and Devontae Freeman, both in the concussion protocol. Uh, Adam Gase came out and said Ajay is not in the concussion protocol anymore, but Practice. he doesn't he has, oh, he, he did practice today. Okay, so, um, you know, they're, they're taking it slow with him. Obviously, it's it's – they're not going to risk these guys right now. Devontae Freeman to sign that big contract. Ajay is going to be the centerpiece of that offense. Um, but but both got to keep an eye on them. Obviously, if they've suffered concussions before, they're more up to suffer concussions moving forward. However, I still think that uh, Devontae is a late first-round pick. I'm, I'm not that high on Ajay. I think he, you know, listen, he had half his yards in three games last year. He had essentially had three fantastic games and then a mediocre rest of the season. We talked That's about That's what Zach Ertz did. You like Zach Ertz? He did the same thing. Well, because the guy that was taking all the, the targets over the middle is now in Buffalo, so that's why I like Zach Ertz moving forward. Nothing's changed with, with Miami except Jay Cutler's the quarterback instead of uh, Ryan Tannehill, which might actually be better for, uh, for I don't know, for fantasy, I guess, because there'll be blowout games, they'll be chucking it. Um but the other injury, real quick, and then we're going to get into a positional battle I just want to mention, is Marquise Lee, who had a breakout season last year, ended up being a solid wide receiver three, maybe wide receiver four in PPR leagues. He's got a high ankle sprain, could miss four to six weeks, if not longer. High ankle sprains are nasty. Uh, tough to come back from rather quickly. Um, I, I just think that it'll be it'll be tough for um, him to get back on the field. Um, D.D. Westbrook might end up taking that number three spot, which will be interesting because he was a solid player in college. 
but so keep an eye on that injury. But I think probably the biggest positional battle and uh, a position and a spot in fantasy football that's always been a um, a key to championships is the running back in Seattle. Eddie Lacy versus Thomas Rawls versus to a point CJ Procise. That's going to be a very interesting bot- battle to look at. Um, Thomas Rawls started with the starters. He had two rushes for like five yards. Eddie Lacy came in, played with the second team, had four rushes for about 10 yards. I don't want to look too much into that. But Burris, I mean, you, you, you've you been following this this running back battle. I mean, what are your thoughts on where things have gone so far and where they're going? I've been following this thing so close that I actually wrote, took notes on what Dan Fouts was saying in the Chargers-Seahawks <laughs> uh, broadcast about – <laughs> about Eddie Lacy's weight, he wouldn't shut up about it. It was actually really funny. Um, I think this, I think these two things kind of cancel each other out. I think when it's all said and done, Thomas Rawls is your starting day one uh, back. Uh, I think you're going to be in a two to one situation. I don't think Eddie Lacy is going to take a chunk out of Thomas Rawls' work unless something happens to Rawls, and he has a history of injury. So I think you're kind of screwing yourself if you go Rawls early. But the guy that just won't go away is CJ Procise. He's the he's the receiver of the three, and you know when you got a situation with those three types of running backs all getting carries and, and one guy getting more targets than the other, you're in a situation where you're not going to get points off of it fantasy wise. So, you know the the Seattle Seahawks are known for having a running attack, but it's it's a, by a committee thing, and I think if you're trying to make a, a living off that, you're you're going to struggle this season. That's actually uh, finally a good, fa- good hot fantasy football. See, this, is what this is what happens. After last week, after down. your, after your abomination of a show last week, I applaud you right now. I want, Jerry. The, I want the kids to take a lesson here. You know what? When you do your work and you get prepped, <laughs> things things have a way of working themselves out for you. You know, Sean, are you are you in, in the school. same vein? Are you are you in the same vein as Jerry here? Or what are your thoughts on the Seattle situation? He's never been in my vein ever. This is he's, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I, it's fine. So, but I mean, we're spending five minutes on on the Seattle running back situation. We're spending ten minutes on two worthless trades. Uh, we we got we got to get into some stuff here that these these listeners because. You know, they're not dying to know, you know, who's going to get more three yard carries in front of that Seattle offensive line that sucks just as bad as the Rams. The the Seattle running back, whoever is a starter, is going to get 250 carries and they're going to be very valuable. Dude, they're wrong. They're going to spread the ball so between three guys. (laughs) No one's getting. No, 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 my God. I'm with Sean on this. You don't want to take any of these guys, they're all trash. There's our best hot take. I that that was a I humbly disagree with that one. I, I think that you, if you like get, Eddie Lacy too. I like Eddie Lacy. I finally if, got you off that train. No, I, I still like. I you never go he, there. He, I still he, like he, dumped, he, he dumped. He dumped Eddie listen, Lacy Luke, faster the Green than Bay Packers than, have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They have a top five ranked offensive line in the league. Eddie Lacy has Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, and the guy still couldn't get to a hole. So we talked about a few of the veterans and the different injuries going on in positional battles, but obviously we're getting ready for our rookie drafts if you're in a dynasty league. And also you want to know where some of these first, second, third round picks are going to be landing in your redraft leagues. So, gentlemen, I think it's perfect time to talk about all the rookies and their week one preseason performances and where they're going in drafts right now. Uh, the consensus, or not consensus, I'd say a consensus top three put, pick in fantasy football rookie drafts and probably a second round pick in redraft leagues is Leonard Fournette running back from the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Rain hard against the Patriots, but he's already coming up limp with a foot injury, which injuries were always an issue with him at LSU. So, Sean, w- what is your take on Leonard Fournette's first preseason game and where are you looking at him in fantasy football drafts this season? So, uh, preface this all PPR, uh, right. and obviously I speak in more towards the larger leagues. Um, so obviously you have to kind of factor that in or, or kind of divide it down, but I would say third round, um, he's more later third round to me. I think he's going earlier third or even late two in some instances. And with Mr. Burris picking where he is and his affinity for the rookies, as we learned last week, um, you know, maybe he's he's a little bit more aggressive. I think the foot injury is maybe going to help actually Fournette a little bit. They saw what they needed to see. If they're if they're overly concerned or if he's not practicing, 
um, over the next week or so, then I think, you know, you want to raise some of the flags, but, um, for all, everything that I've read it, it's fairly minor. Uh, they don't feel too serious. He hasn't seen a specialist, which I think is an important thing to kind of keep a close eye on. Um, so I, that said of all the rookies, he isn't my number one, um, He's actually of the four running backs from a dynasty perspective. He might be, you know, battling between three and four for this season. And as I look at as the season goes along, he's actually my fourth rated running back of the rookies. Right. So you're right. And, and I think that he has a talent. Absolutely. But he's a Jacksonville Jaguar. Uh, Burris, you do love the AFC South. So do you have any thoughts on on Leonard Fournette and his uh, outlook this season? So in our 14-team league, if it comes back to me uh, with a 28th pick and Dalvin Cook is gone, I strongly have to consider Leonard Fournette because his quarterback is Blake Bortles and they're going to be turning around and handing the ball off quite a bit. <laughs> oh, my God. Dalvin yeah, three Cook, out, three and out. City, no. Dalvin Cook will be there, so you can happily have him. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dalvin Cook looked great in his, in his premiere. Uh, he had four catches, 30 yards. However, that offensive line in Minnesota still looked like shit. Uh, so, Burris, if he's there at 28, I, I highly urge you to take Dalvin Cook there. Um, he's all yours. I think Dalvin's probably more of a fourth-round pick. But, again, even though that offensive line didn't look great, he still was uh, a factor in the passing game, which is huge for PPR leagues. And Christian McCaffrey, who proved to us that the Instagram, the sped-up Instagram video really – doesn't tell the whole story. He actually is really fast. Uh, he's going to be an impact player this year as well. So he's fast, I don't, but it's, I felt like watching the game, you just saw like his biggest downfall is how light he is. Um, <laughs> like I feel like he doesn't bounce off blocks and stay upright, but that's just one game. But like, I just felt like he looks like a little kid out there. I mean, he's lighter than the average NFL back and he's going to struggle with getting, you know, in between the tackles. What do you what do you mean by lighter? Light physically lighter, like his mass oh, okay. is less okay. than normal right. uh, average okay. running backs in the NFL. Oh, I see what I see what oh. you did. <laughs> oh, like like with a scale and he stands right. on it and it moves right. something. So, Mark, you were high on McCaffrey coming into the season. Are you still high on him? Where do you have him going in redraft, and where do you have him going in rookie only drafts? Redraft, I don't know where any of these guys are going to go, just because all it takes is one guy to pull the trigger on him. Like and I think I agree with what you were saying <laughs> earlier about the idea that, you know, everyone likes these rookies now because they have all of this, you know, publicity on them and good press until that people actually, I mean, realize what they are. I mean, Burris said he would take O.J. Howard in top three in a dynasty draft. <laughs> and O.J. Howard, you're like, yeah, I don't even know if he's going to get two three catches a game, you know. So I don't know, but I'll tell you this. You probably look at Fournette, and he has the most risk of all these guys. So I would say if risk, if you want short-term, Fournette's going to be your guy. If you want long-term, I think I think uh, you probably got to go in a different direction. Where, where would you go long-term then? Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon? Well, I, Joe Mixon, uh, I don't know. See, you, you don't know with Joe Mixon. He's one strike away. He's got a lot of stuff going in Cincinnati. I think they're going downhill. I actually told – I actually told uh, Sean this week that I think this is Lewis's last year coaching in Cincinnati, and if that's the case, they get a new coaching staff. That's that could affect them. Yeah. You know, McCaffrey, I like. I would take just because in PPR league, if he can get you four to six catches a game, you're pretty much at ten points there, and anything is added on is pretty clean. Sure. So, so in- I mean, I, I think I think every running back has a red flag, and there's no clear cut. You talk to 10 different people, you get 10 different yeah. top fives with Corey Davis yeah. in there. Um, Sean, what's your take on you know the top five of the rookies, including these running backs? I mean, what do you got? So let, let's put some perspective this. Like, throw in the four rookies. Um, you got Lamar Miller. You got Marshawn Lynch. You got Carlos Hyde. Like, the proven guys, sometimes it works against them knowing – you know, oh, I know this guy gets hurt sometimes. Or this guy does this. We've already talked about some of the other running backs, you know, historically. When you when you start to kind of factor in, like Fournette had so many, he barely played in college at times. And then, you know, you could put him against, you know, a Marshawn Lynch when he plays or an Isaiah Crowell. Who would you rather have, Leonard Fournette or Isaiah Crowell? Because there's a round difference between them and Crowell's a later round. And I'm the opposite. I'd rather have Crowell over Maybe any of the rookies other than, I don't, McCaffrey? But I, I don't even know that for sure. 
Right. Right. No, I, I agree. I think there's something to be said that the guy's done it at the professional level. Uh, Crowell obviously had a great year last year, and the, the, the Browns really short up that offensive line. So I think he's really due for even, an even improvement on from last season. So, uh, you, you know, th- these rookie running backs are so tough to judge because – Guys were high on Toby Gerhardt coming out of college, and then he went to the Vikings, and he just got awful. And um, it just—it's you never know what you're going to get with these rookies. And again, they all have red flags. And probably the rookie with the biggest red flag that before three months ago was arguably a top three rookie is Mike Williams, wide receiver for the Chargers. He's got the back issue. Sean, where's he on your big board now? Ian Rappaport saying he might be back in October, but are you buying? You selling? What are you doing, Mike Williams? In a redraft, he's not he's not draftable to me. Uh, somebody else can have him and stash him. Roster spots are too valuable for me. I can stow, you know, a third string running back that's a rookie, you know, and keep a roster spot with that, um, you know, or backups at, at some of the positions if you got guys that are injury prone. So he's not rosterable in a redraft. In a dynasty, I probably st- if I had the sixth pick, I'd still take Mike Williams. I'd also be fielding calls and offers for, for that pick. Um, you got at six. So if you're sitting at six, Mark, and you're looking at Kareem Hunt, O.J. Howard, Mike Williams, you're thinking Mike Williams is the way to go? Time a question. You got to go. Assuming your team. Like 10 years. Assuming your team is structured without, you know, dire of, need at running back or something. Of course. Yeah, if of course. Dire need at six, you're in trouble. Right. Yeah, of course. And and I, I you know, I, I, I was looking at my rookie big board today because we're getting ready for our rookie draft on Thursday and uh, we'll be sure to, to tweet out those results. And I was looking at my big board today and I said to myself, if I'm sitting at six, do I take Mike Williams? Do I take that potential number one wide receiver? Because arguably going into the, the draft and he was a second wide receiver taken, he arguably could have been the number one fantasy wide receiver. Uh, and obviously this back issue is, is a major red flag for him. But if he's able to escape seizing ending surgery, Sean, you're absolutely right. I don't think that you're going to get a lot of uh, value from him this season. But if you're looking at, you know, three, four, five years down the road, he could be a solid, solid wide receiver one, maybe wide receiver two. So I probably and look Burris. at him at six or seven. And Burris. FYI, no tight end goes in the top 10 in a dynasty redraft. <laughs> okay, noted. I'll take care of, make sure I uh, put that in my non-existent dra- dynasty league. And it's important to note um, that Mike Williams was the top 10 drafted player. Right. I think right. sometimes in dynasty rankings, we get so drinking the juice with these guys that we forget. They, they took Corey Davis at five, what, they take Mike Williams at eight. These guys... If you're a top 10 drafted wide receiver, you are expected to dominate and put up monster stats. And you can guarantee that the offense is designed to get or, to get the ball to you, or they wouldn't draft you that high, especially right. in this year's draft, which was stacked. Right. And I'll say this. The GM gets fired if Mike Williams it becomes Josh Dotson. Yes. And, and they were thinking they got a love for Josh Dotson. So, you know. <laughs> But this is a make or break year for Josh Dotson. And and he's and Josh Dotson is missing time uh, with a hamstring injury. So he might just be end up being one of those rookie busts that and that happens every now and again. I mean it, it's frustrating, but I really think that if you're if you are drafting a, a rookie in a dynasty league of a first round pick, I've done the numbers. Fifty percent of the time you're gonna bust. Fifty percent of the time you're gonna have a player that's eventually a starter or a star. So it, it just happens, unfortunately. That's the NFL for you. Anything it can change it any second. I mean, one cut, blow your knee out, you're done for the season. Your career's over. It, it's very frustrating, but it is what it is. Uh, but another another guy, he's a second year player, and he's actually pretty interesting. He's a tight end. He got carted off this afternoon, apparently. So it'll be interesting to see what happened to him. But Rico Gathers, tight end for Dallas, former basketball player at Baylor. He is. Last two seasons, our last two games this preseason. Uh, first game was three for fifty nine in a touchdown. Last week went four for forty seven in a touchdown. The Cowboys are desperate for a another option, another another um, game breaker at, at receiving position. Not necessarily a wide receiver, but even a tight end. You know what you're going to get from Jason Witten. You know what you're going to get from Des Bryant when he's healthy. Terrence Williams is not very good. They need another receiver on that offense. Sean, if Rico gathers, if he didn't suffer a major injury, and, and obviously it's a huge disclaimer here, is he 
is he a possibility as a late round flyer this season in fantasy? Do you think, or is he a guy you want to stash in your dynasty team? I think he's a stash in dynasty. I, I don't know that he's in a in a redraft when you can go and get a Jesse James, Safarian Jenkins, um, Clay's even late, Zach Miller. Like th- those are guys that are proven known commodities and starters and obviously Jenkins has to get back from his suspension but yeah I, I think when you look at it that way you, you don't need to, to have him stashed away in a roster because I can't imagine there's you know a, a high market for him at this point in time you know albeit assuming that he's not seriously hurt today if he is then you know all bets are off and he's not rosterable from a dynasty perspective either. And, and again, with it being the preseason, everybody is wanting to find the next, you know, the next Gronk, the next uh, Jimmy Graham. Uh, y- you are starting to see Rico Gathers be picked up in multiple dynasty leagues being sold high, which, you know, isn't a bad idea. If you can get a good value for a player that's unproven, absolutely go for it. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with him with his injury and if he can carve out a role as a, a, a playmaker for the Cowboys. But uh, Burris, I'm going to kick this over to you and with a disclaimer that both Mark and I had him within our top 36. I think I had him like top 20. Mark had him 18th overall with their initial rookie rankings. Kenny Galladay has been making plays in in not only camp, not only practice, but get a stat line of three catches for 53 yards and two touchdowns. Had a beautiful back shoulder catch for a touchdown uh, in the first preseason game. He is going, I mean, he has jumped into the first round in, in a few dynasty drafts that I've seen, rookie-only drafts. Burris, what's your take on Kenny Galladay? Can he take that number two receiver position from Marvin Jones in Detroit? Kenny Galladay has got the, the size, the speed, and, and the hands to really make a push for Marvin Jones's job. Um Four five forty, like with a six four, you know, body frame. This guy has all the tools to get it done. Uh, his game against the Colts definitely put him on the map a little bit with some people that had no idea who he was. You know, he's coming from the MAC, but I, I think this guy has got some serious top rookie wide receiver uh, um, potential this season, and he's somebody I'm going to be very, very much looking forward to having on Simply Ravishing this season. Uh, <laughs> is a Maybe a later round pickup, but uh, definitely if he makes it all the way to the waivers, I'll be uh, looking to get him right away. Uh, no chance that happens. I see him uh, getting picked up, you know, late round, maybe in the in the early teens. But um, definitely somebody I'm going to be having on my radar. Uh, I just love the way he attacked the ball against the Colts. So, so Jerry Burris is saying that Kenny Galladay is going to finish as the number one rookie wide receiver. Hoping, he's obviously he's drinking uh, the he's drinking the Kool Aid already. The Kool Aid's been been Mark, bonged. Is, it's been bonged. Is he wrong? Is he wrong? <laughs> is he right? What do you got? Kenny Galladay is a good player, but for for anyone to think that this, I mean, Eric Ebron's on a contract here. He's getting balls. Okay. Um, Golden Tate had 90 plus catches two years in a row. He's getting balls. Uh, Marvin Jones will get balls because he's a deep threat. Where does he come in from there? I mean, but dare you know, I say? It, but dare balls. I say? It, is this a heir to the mega Megatron position oh, they've been looking for? It? Oh my dare God. I say it? <laughs> oh my God! Oh, Jesus, he's, he's an it. inch. Uh, he's an inch shorter. Wow! Oh Jesus! Oh my God! An inch, oh, inch shorter. God. I think he weighs two fifteen. Are we seriously going to now talk about a guy that shouldn't be drafted <laughs> in redraft? Like, are we going to do this now? No, he okay. I don't think Kenny Galladay should be drafted in redraft. However, I think he's a very interesting player. It you know, if you're in a 14, 12, 14 team dynasty league, I think he's a mid second round pick, and I, I don't think that's bad value for him. Sean, do you disagree with that? You you just okay. We were talking redraft, burst redraft. He's not even in dynasties, and he's making this point. He just compared her to Calvin Johnson. I agree with you on dynasty redraft, or dynasty draft, mid-second rounder rookie, yes. But you, you, Luke, prefaced it with that. Jerry Burst didn't preface it with anything. Any oh, Jerry, Jerry Burris, like we just said, I'm drank like a the child Kool-Aid reaching and... out to the clouds and pulling stuff. <laughs> he's and getting, it to he's <laughs> getting drafted in redraft. Jerry Burris has not done a mock draft yet. And I would have thought after last week and the ridicule we gave him last week that he would have done it. It's very apparent he still has yet to do that. 
<laughs> we have a draft on on Sunday. Either he does that, or we are in for a lot of Smirnoff ices <laughs> and a lot of oh my gods when he makes the pick. Can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> I got to ask a question. I got to ask a question. Okay, and I'm I'm really wondering on with this with you guys. Would you rather have Cooper Cup for the Rams in a redraft league? If like it's the last round, who are you drafting? Or if you have to draft one of the two guys, are you drafting co- drafting Cooper Cup or are you drafting Kenny Galladay? Galladay. Personally, I'm drafting Galladay. If we're talking Me redraft, too. he's Me brand quarterback better situation. So, so my thing is, my thing is, I actually disagree with you guys on one point. I think he gets drafted in redraft leagues because where's the risk if he's a back end guy? He's what Sean just talked about with you save that roster spot for one of these young rookies that if Marvin Jones goes down or something, you know he has a chance to get maybe four to six catches a game, you know, and, and the guy's getting confidence right now. So he is a guy that you would want to highlight in, let's say, the last two to three rounds of the draft. I mean, who else gives a shit? Most of the time you're just taking flyers on those guys anyways. You're right. Good point. That's a good point. I think that you're right. If, if you're looking at a, uh, a guy with upside – Kenny Galladay, currently the number number three wide receiver in in Den, uh, Detroit, yeah. but it's not like Marvin Jones is gonna lock on that second receiver role, and we know Golden Tate's number one. So yeah, no, he's a great upside pick. I guess you're right at the end, at the back end of a draft. So they're paying Marvin Jones, so he's gonna play the outside. Yeah, okay, yeah, but, right. But I mean, I'm speaking more on an injury purpose, and I don't. I think he's gonna be a great dynasty player. I really do. I, I take him on the back end of the first. I think everyone drinks the Zay Jones, where I think the weather in the dome is a little bit better. But in a redraft, he's a back end upside guy. That's it. Wait, wait, hot take, folks. The weather in the dome in Detroit is better than Buffalo's weather. Lock it down right there. I like, I like that take, no, Mark. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you trust. I know. You trust, I know. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't want, I don't want to take those guys that play in, in uh, snow unless well, they got Aaron. I, I would I'd add in Stafford versus the uncertainty of Buffalo's quarterback situation too. Yes. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. He's absolutely. in a dome. Seventy two right. and, and sunny. <laughs> We're seeing Galladay's stock rise, and I wouldn't be surprised if if he has another big preseason game in week two that you start to see him. You're right, Mark, as a late first round pick. Uh, in rookie-only drafts. So um, I want to switch over something real quick, guys, as, as we end this episode. It's going to be more of a rapid-fire, quick hot takes on on who you got here. I don't want a long, drawn-out conversation. I'm going to I'm gonna let it out to the masses here, Mark, Sean, and Jerry. It's going to be quick, rapid-fire. Preface this, this is a PPR league, and who you like more. So, Mark, start with you. PPR league, number one overall, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson. Who you got? Le'Veon Bell. Okay. Quick hot take on why you like Le'Veon Bell more. I, I just think that he's with this contract here stuff. I just think that he gets so much. I mean, he's him and Ben are always on point. I think he can light it up and he's in a division that is absolutely the worst division in football. I think he can light it up. Jerry Burris, David Bell or Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson. And you have the number one overall pick in our draft. So who are you going with? Well, Yesterday it was David Johnson because it was something I saw, uh, and I believe it was a truck stop. Oh it was a truck stop. I saw a magazine. At <laughs> no, I'm Le'Veon Bell oh all the way. Le'Veon Bell, and okay. the reason being, he's the number two receiver for that team. Uh, uh, Martavis Bryant might have something to say about that, but we'll I see. Agree. I agree with Luke. Sean. I, I'm sure David Johnson um, by the slimmest of margins, but I had David Johnson last year. He's a fantastic. Um, uh, ride to be on. I'm taking David Johnson by the slim of some margins. I'm going to go David Johnson as well. Uh, a little bit scared about Le'Veon Bell's holdout and injury prone or injury situation. He feels like he gets dinged up every year. So moving on to the quarterback, the number one fantasy quarterback this season, Sean Zustin. Who do you got? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, to, I, I like Aaron Rodgers. Um, I just think with Gillisley, if he's, going to practice by the way which is an interesting been, little been a couple uh, weeks a couple weeks yeah yep. uh, i think burkhead you know all the the running backs of the pet have I, I i it's close i like rogers i'm actually more interested you know if you get past the top three you know what's four five six look like because there's that guy in indianapolis that i am absolutely baffled as to what to do with how to <laughs> him yeah yeah andrew luck injury situation a lot of rumors out there. Not sure what's going on with him. So it'll be interesting to see what we do with the running or the quarterbacks this season. Uh, Jerry Burris, number one quarterback. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I like Rodgers. I think the Bennett pickup is going to be huge for him. 
Mark? That was clean. That was good. That was, that was good. good. That's good. You're welcome. Take. Right now. You just need rapid fire to keep you going. <laughs> Luke, I'll take Aaron Rodgers, and I am fascinated to see where he goes in our draft on Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm hearing as early as six. And if not, I if he doesn't go six, you probably think that it's going to get going in the wraparound form in the second round to the same guy in the second round. <laughs> and I mean, you take a quarterback in the first or second round, you're, oof, you're, you got a roster climb. Oh, we all know who that guy is. He's the host of the three, three Oh show. Um, I'm going down Brady. I'm go- I, I had Rogers mocked to, to burst at the, t- at the back end of the second, actually. So maybe I'm missing, missing the, uh, what a deal that would here. be. Yeah. You got to do some research on the guys then. You got to make some phone calls. You got to invest <laughs> in Chad Jones. He's the turn. He's the turn of the draft. He is. Uh, I'm going with the GOAT, Tom Brady. I think that Gronk's healthy. Brandon Cooks is going to have a big year. And and I understand the concerns about the running backs, too many miles to feed. But I, I, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to take either of these guys um, because I think this year is a perfect year to wait on a quarterback. There's 14 good quarterbacks this season, so I'm not going to waste a second or third round pick. Nick Vernon thinks Gronk's not going to be any good. Good. Wow, weird. We can let Nick Vern think that. He thinks a lot of weird things nowadays. Um, 2016 breakout receiver. All right, so who's going to continue the trend of being a stud wide receiver? Jerry Burris, Tyreek Hill, or Terrell Pryor? Terrell Pryor, red zone efficiency. I think they get the ball to him, and uh, especially inside the 20. Oh, another clean response. I like that, Jerry. Mark Zostin, what do you got? These are great. I love this. We need to do this more often. I'll take Tyreek Hill all day, twice on Sunday. More explosive speed. And he's the focal point of the offense. Sean, what do you got? I'm dead set with Mark. I, I love uh, Tyreek Hill. I think he's a nice pair off with Kelsey. I think Kelsey takes a lot of the attention. Uh, and Tyreek Hill, they'll find enough ways to get him gadget, but also plays in the red zone. Um, there's something about Pryor as a Browns fan that I never was fully convinced. And I still have that in the back of my mind. I actually like Jamison Crowder for the value that he's at in Washington over prior, and I do have a little bit of Josh Dotson stock. <laughs> oh, my God. Get rapid fire in him. <laughs> I, I, I kind of agree that jo- I think Jamison Crowder is a better value pick than Terrell Pryor. You can get Jamison Crowder probably two rounds later. But I think Pryor is going to have a better season than Tyreek Hill. I think teams figure out Tyreek Hill. And Kirk Cousins is just going to chuck it to Pryor uh, with both Garcon and Deshaun Jackson gone. All right, 100-catch potential wide receiver. We have Julian Elliman of the New England Patriots or Larry Fitzgerald. Mark, who do you got in that one? Neither. I don't think either is going to have 100 catches. Uh, I, I, oof, yeah. If you had to pick Edelman or Fitzgerald, who do you like? Jeez, oh, Fitzgerald, more catches. Jerry? I'm going to go Edelman, but I don't think he gets to 100. Uh, I think there's too many targets spread around, and I think he gets more than Fitzgerald, though. Uh, I think he's Sean. my guy this year. I think Julian Edelman actually might die this year. <laughs> I, I would uh, I'd go with neither. I'd say Golden Tate, but if I had to pick between those two, I'd say Fitzgerald. But I, I don't I don't see it with Fitzgerald either. But I gonna, I think a Golden Tate is a, a hundred catch guy possibly this year. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think Fitzgerald too here uh, over Edelman. If you look at Edelman when he's playing with a healthy Gronk, Gronk's the number one receiver. Edelman's a, a secondary guy. He starts the eight, nine catches when Gronk's not in the game, which that could very well happen. Um, but no, I like this show more this season to potentially get 100 catches. All right, early season starting running back. So both the quote unquote starting running backs are on uh, suspension. So we have Jaquiz Rogers in Tampa Bay taking over for Doug Martin. And we have Darren McFadden uh, for six games taking over for Zeke Elliott, as we mentioned earlier. Jerry, who do you got? McFadden, uh, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. With that offensive line, you could put anybody back there. Sean? It's actually an interesting question because Rodgers has a chance to stick, and obviously McFadden doesn't. I would go McFadden, but I it would almost be a little bit of how did my team look. They could both be there at the same time. There's scenarios where you take Rodgers actually over McFadden, though. Hmm, interesting. Like, I, don't see a, I don't see a scenario where I'd ever take – McF- like or fantasy novels? Mc- like what are we talking scenario? <laughs> uh, no, a, it, a situation. If, if you've got, if you've got, team, you, you, go ahead. 
I take Jacquez Rogers. I wouldn't even think about it. And I'm gonna throw another hot take here. I don't think McFadden makes the team. I have a oh, funny what? feeling. Darren McFadden Ooh. gets cut. He's no good. He's fragile. He's not dependable. I have a funny feeling they cut Darren McFadden and they roll with they roll with uh, Alfred Morris and Rod Smith. Alfred Morris and Rod Smith. And and I'll tell you that right now. I think McFadden can get cut. He's these guard guys garbage. I'll take Jacquez Rogers. In fact, what Sean said is right. I think Jacquez Rogers could be the starter for maybe ten games in Tampa. I think they like him. He's very reliable inside he and outside in of the, the <laughs> Hey, look I look at his numbers at the back end of last year and tell me that, that Darren McFadden's better. Darren McFadden doesn't have much to give you. I want to know well, if uh, I mean, Darren McFadden. I mean, they're gonna play him at least for a I'll couple tell you, of games. I actually think they might they don't have cut him. I think they, they might don't. cut him. I that's an it's outside Hail Mary. He's a sunk cost. Like, you, you have a free roster spot because once Zeke goes on suspension, he doesn't hold up the 53. Like, he's a 54th man. So you might as well use McFadden and just use him up, beat him like, you know, an uh, uh, old car, and then just, you know, cast him aside after that if you're really planning to cut him. I want to know I, if on the ESPN fantasy, contract situation. On the ESPN Fantasy Marathon, I want to know if they've talked about Alfred Morris and Rod Smith. That's what I want to know. But, um, Mark, I, I disagree with you on this one. I don't think they're going to cut McFadden. He is the the clear-cut well, that, number two a, behind him. I'm, that is it. That I'm saying that is my, like, shocker of right. this episode. Which, which, I would not be shocked if he got cut, and people would be surprised by that. I wouldn't. Right, I, I think that I think that he could be a replaceable player for sure. I just don't I don't see them cutting him because they really don't have much depth behind there. But you're right, you never know. They brought in like Ronnie Hillman, but he's only he's only he signed a nine hundred eighty thousand dollar contract. They're not they're not going to cut him for cost purposes. But you're right, he he could just be just a a one dimensional player and just not the guy they need, especially with a guy like Dak Prescott who relied on that running game last year. So that's, that, that'd be definitely pretty interesting uh, to see what happens there. Uh, okay. So finally the last rapid fire question, uh, rookie quarterback to have the biggest impact in 2017, maybe the next Dak Prescott Deshaun Watson or Mitch Trubisky, Jerry, you are our quarterback guru. To, well, I don't know if I'll call you guru, but you are a quarterback Something. We'll say quarterback something here. Uh, who do you got, Deshaun Watson or Mitch Trubisky? And don't say Pat Mahomes. The, the, the nature of the question leads me to this answer. The, the biggest impact this year, I think, is Mitch Trubisky because I think he, he starts uh, at least 14 games for the, the Chicago Bears this year. I don't think oh Deshaun Watson God. starts. I don't quick think, hook for Mike Glennon, huh? It, quick hook. Quick hook. <laughs> uh, I don't think Deshaun Watson starts more than half the games if he mm-hmm. gets to that. Okay. All right, Mark, I want to hear your retort to that. Well, I got to wake up. I just got hit in the face with something. <laughs> um, <laughs> they paid Mike Glennon like 16 to $18 million. They're going to play him this year. Okay. And, and Deshaun Watson. I don't know. He's better than Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky can't really see past one little look, or he's a quick check down type, quick guy. I don't even know. Did you watch the Bears game? Yeah, and and I I I also listened to Gil Brandt talk about it, and Gil Brandt said that they were the easiest throws he's seen against a third and four string DBs that were all going to get cut, and he said Deshaun Kaiser's play calling was literally ten times more difficult than anything Mitch Trubisky had to do in the preseason opener. So I've also read other things about Mitch Trubisky, sorry, because this is a rapid take, that said that he's fumbled the ball four straight times taking the ball from a snap because he's struggling so much in in training camp with it. They're trying to get him out on the run and just have him dink and dunk, and they're letting guys run. So I did see some of those that game, and a lot of it was running after the catch. Deshaun Watson's not bad. He didn't do too many things, but there's not a lot there. This was uh, a rapid fire question, question, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I just had to get that in. Sean, All you're right. up. Sean, what do you got? I mean, both of them, all the rookies, you can't have them on your team. You're wasting a roster spot. The, the Dak Prescott, see, this is what's going to happen is everybody then, because True. it was so unique, the line, the running True. game, the playmakers, it, it was a unique situation last year, a division that maybe wasn't as strong. It was a perfect scenario, and now everybody wants to replicate it rather than like finding the new move this year. Right. You know, whether it's the rookie running backs at Dalvin Cook and McCaffrey, Mix, and so like that's the move this year. It's not back to the same spot. 
Really quick, can I get a bet in with Burris? Can we do our bet per episode? I'll give you ten and a half over under. I'll take under on Mitch Trubisky starts. Starts this year? I'll take uh, the over there. Okay, uh, twenty bucks. I don't like monetary betting; it's illegal. Okay, but uh, what about another I, art oh project? I like that <laughs> idea. Art project? Yeah. Uh, done. Uh, done. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. What about Make injury? Sure. Make sure that, that make sure in. that self portrait of me is uh, ready to go on Sunday. I want that for my my mantle. <laughs> I want a drop of blood on my picture. <laughs> really, drop of blood on the it's corner. Up. I want a drop of blood. Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, Sammy Watkins. Alshon Jeffrey, sadly, uh, that's the best quarterback and best situation. So give me Alshon and on contract here too. Alshon Jeffrey, yeah. I actually, I don't think those are close. I, I'm not, I'm not sold on Allen Robinson at all. There, there was, you saw the video today that came out on uh, yeah. him bitching about Blake uh, not being able to keep the ball in bounds today. So that's going to be par for the course for the Jaguars. I didn't see that video. Oh, it's a good one. Check it out on Twitter.com. Um, Allen Robinson basically saying, "Come on, man, keep the ball inside." He said it more under his breath. I don't think Blake heard him, but the the, the internet did. So, um, well, it's unfair to Allen Robinson because there's a camera on the sidelines. That, that caught the auto audio and I, it's, he wasn't meant to kind of, you know, out Blake there. Right. Right. It was more of a, a, a frustration, uh, a, de- right. a declaration of frustration. God, so you guys are trusting overweight Alshon though. That's a tough one. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, agree. I, I, I agree, Mark. I, I hate all three of those guys. <laughs> had Sammy stayed, had Sammy stayed in Buffalo, I'd have said Sammy Watkins of the three. I probably actually would say Alan Robinson of the three, because I just don't trust Alshon Jeffrey. I do not trust him. Yeah, I can't I trust just, him. I just want two of those guys on uh, on Dan Shrek's squad this season. So no, and you, you know one of them one of them will be on Nick Burns as well. I'm like, she. I'll tell you why these guys are good. She and some here's, idiot here's, will trade with them. Here's three more: Demarius Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams. Demarius Thomas, Mark. Mm. I know who you got. I'll take uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I thought you were going to go Devontae. Hopkins too. I'm going to go uh, Demarius Thomas. I think Demarius Thomas, that hip's finally good to go. I think the quarterback I position will get a little bit better. He needs more red zone targets. But but I'll tell you this. I've been doing my draft, my draft, my mocks here and there, and I'm going to tell all the people here my, my famous secret here. I will not take Demarius Thomas in the third round, second round where he's going. Take Emmanuel Sanders in the fifth round instead. You're going to get similar production at a much cheaper – value uh I, I, thing with uh jordy nelson and Devonte adams uh no i take jordy nelson because i think he's far more consistent and you're you know i think Devonte is far too touchdown dependent last year whereas jordy's going to get catches yards and touchdowns so i'm willing to pay the premium on jordy versus Devonte, but i'm not willing to pay the premium on demarius versus um Manuel sanders hmm. bigger bust jarvis landry kelvin benjamin uh, we've already mentioned uh, Michael Crabtree. Jarvis Landry, done. Jarvis Landry, done. I mean, those other two are terrible. <laughs> Biggest, no, bigger bust potential. Oh, bigger bust potential? Kelvin Benjamin has bust potential. I got to yeah, go I think Kelvin Jarvis- Benjamin. I, I actually think Kelvin Benjamin is is severely underdrafted this year. I think he's going to have a nice bounce back season. I think Jarvis Landry he's he's more uh, focused on contract more than anything. I don't think Color's I don't think Color's going to get the ball to him. I think he's going to chuck it to Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is probably the one. best option. Who's Michael the third Crabtree? Best Michael Crabtree. Oh, Michael Crabtree's the bust out of those. I'm sorry, Michael. Listen. I had Michael Crabtree last year. He got hot, had a couple, two, three touchdown games. It's almost like the Zach Ertz effect where like two games kind of skewed their numbers. So Michael Crabtree, (laughs) especially with Marshawn Lynch there. Right. All right. Well, hey, I I think this rapid fire is uh, pretty fun. I think we'll have to definitely implement this into future episodes as we continue to get people ready for their fantasy football drafts, whether it be redraft, dynasty, rookie only. Uh, next few weeks, we'll be making sure we get plenty of content coming from the Never Ending Glory podcast. So be sure to check us out on Never Ending Glory podcast at Twitter, which is at Glory Podcast on Facebook, Never Ending Glory Podcast. I'll be sure to tweet out and 
post on Facebook the results of all of our drafts from uh, our four teams after our draft on Sunday. You tell us who won, who lost, and why. And we'd love to have that banter back and forth on Twitter. So uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, SoundCloud. And uh, gentlemen, I mean, we're, we're getting to the thick of things. We're, we're getting ready for the league draft. I mean, we're ready for the, the weekend. Uh, I'm excited. I know you guys are all excited. So, uh, And I'm excited to keep on, continue on shopping talk about football. So, uh, gentlemen, until next week, I'll see you all on Friday. And uh, looking forward to my time in Ohio. Um, shout out to Bob and the Oriole. So, let's get this going. League weekend year 21, baby. We're going to get it done. I'm going to shock the world. I got some big-time picks coming up that no one has any ideas about. Oh, the league is eligible to drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, good luck with your drafting, and uh, we will be sure to let the people know how it ends up, and we'll talk to them next week. I ain't wishing you any luck. I'm out. Respectful.